Welcome to Strong Not Starving, my name is Marcus Kane, and if you want to beat binge eating and create a rewarding relationship with food and exercise, you're in the right place. The information in this podcast is not intended as a substitute for medical advice. So welcome to today's episode. Martinez Evans, founder of the Slow AF Run Club, is making a whole heap of fantastic noise in the world of running, and he joined me for today's episode. So if you want to run but are tired of the pressure to be fast, lose weight, and look like a runner, this conversation and Martinez's new book is going to be right up your alley. And I'm exceptionally grateful for this chat since we were able to cover a topic that's really close to my heart, and that is how to stay injury-free while involved in running training. So, without further delay, here's Martinez Evans, founder of the Slow AF Run Club. Martinez, thanks for joining us today, man. Thank you for having me, Marcus. Question I want to ask you straight out of the gate, and that is that, you know, no matter where we're at, like, it's always possible to find reasons not to do shit. Whereas a yeah. big part of, <laughs> right? <laughs> Whereas like, you know, your message, a huge part of your message that I love is just to get started moving your body in the body that you're in, like right yeah. now, without delay. Like, what do you think is essential and what do you believe is essential to getting that done and making that happen and making it a good experience? Um, I think the first thing is just, fun and joy right you know the question i always ask myself you know like what is the answer to you know the healthcare crisis of the world right and for me the answer or like the the typical answer people try to tell you is shame so you know shaming whether you eat so whether you're on paleo, you're a bad person if you eat meat. You're a bad person if you a vegetarian. You're a bad person if you're a pescatarian. You know, you're a bad person if all these other stuff. Or like you're less superior X, Y, and Z, right? And my thing was like, what if the answer was joy? Mm. Instead of shaming people and telling people not to do this, not to do that, like, what if we provided joy and show people how much fun uh, it can be to have regular physical activity? Nice. Man. And, and, and that's more or less my message is providing joy and letting people know that they can joyfully move their body and the body that they have now. You don't have to wait to um, to see what you see on magazines or in the commercials or in the infomercials, you can have fun and you can live the life that you want to live now today without all the other bullshit that comes along with it. So making your process a bit more about doing something that is a bit more joyful and makes you feel good rather than just hating yourself into a diet or a kind of exercise or something that you feel you should do, right? Exactly. And then the other thing is that there's so many benefits to being to to regular physical activity. So many benefits. Like, why are we regulating it just to like weight loss or for aesthetics? You know, there's so many benefits, sleeping better, movement, your blood panels, all these other things. But people just seem to be like, well, if I'm not working out to lose weight, then working out or being active doesn't make sense or it's not for me. And my mm. thing is that no, <laughs> you should be working out regardless. You should be active regardless because there's so many benefits to regular physical activity. 
any suggestions for anyone wanting to to feel that way and wanting to do that, but finding themselves coming up against a situation in the kind of health and fitness space that's just a bit negative? Uh, yeah, I, I would say the, the the cleanse that you need to be on is cleansing your social media, cleansing all yeah. of the things that you your inputs, whether it's the TV shows that you watch, the people that you follow, things of that sort, and really to start to consume people who are actually enjoying moving in their body, enjoying being active. And then from there, the second step is to um, go try some things, right? Of course, running may not be your thing. It's my thing. But who knows? Stand-up paddleboarding might be your thing. That's not my thing, though, right? <laughs> Often might be your thing. Tennis might be your thing. Um, what's that new sport? Not new sport, but what's that sport that everybody's raving over pickleball like pickleball hey. might be your might be your thing right it's just more about finding something that you can raise your blood uh you know raise your heart rate and being active and i think like that's the most simplest thing however you know what's the problem marcus what's that, that stuff is not that stuff can't be sold to you in appeal format oh that yeah stuff can't be sold to you in a 12 week training plan like mm. that stuff is not uh commoditizable so that's why people don't promote or praise that stuff because then this trillion dollar business of the health and fitness industry will be will be down to zero because we're not have to fall for all the other bull the bs that comes along with it yeah so what we're seeing when we look around right now is more a reflection of what's marketable rather than what's actually good for us Exactly. And like, even with the work currently being done to diversify the health and fitness space and make it a friendly place and a welcoming mm -hmm. place for everyone, like, it's still pretty clear that we have a way to go with that. So what do you feel are the keys to creating spaces, both physical spaces and online, that really encourage diversity and are really welcoming for everyone? Um, I, I think that's just it. Like you have to be welcoming. <laughs> a lot of these places are not welcoming. And all these places are very clickish. A lot of these places have a lot of group think. And I think, you know, I, I think that's the first thing is to be welcoming. So I think mm -hmm. about the Slow Yuff Run Club. We have about 10,000 members worldwide, right? Different backgrounds from different places all over the world. And we all seem to get together. And the best way I can explain this is that I treat these members as if they're at my house at a party. My community is a party, right? And I am the host. And I, by being a host of a party, you want to make sure that everybody's having fun. Everybody's seems to have like some type of connection. And that's what I do. Make sure everybody has fun. Make sure you at least connect with somebody else inside the community. And I think that's the thing that um, a lot of people just seem to, forget or just not mm. do right and i think that that can be a social media thing that can be an anxiety thing i'm not sure but i think like that's the main thing is that if we all just took the approach of like oh like this community is a party that i'm hosting i want them to keep coming back to my party like i want them to rave about my party like yo like you missed it you should have been at martinez's party you need to be at the next one so on and so forth if we all just took that approach i think um we all can make this world a little bit more diverse. Of course, there are some other like other systematic things that comes into play um, that, you know, that I, Martinez, can't fix 
you know, in, in our podcast. But I think, you know, if, if we just started with that point there of this is a party, I want people to come back. I really want people to have fun. I want people to rave about it. If we start there, I think that will help out. And then, of course, you know, talking about the systematic stuff, we, we got to give we got to give individuals um, who are, you know, historically diverse the opportunity there to their time, their, their time to shine as well. Mm. The current climate around a lot of health and fitness type spaces is almost more about making comparisons and competing with the person next to you rather than creating the vibe that you just talked about then in terms of throwing a party and being welcoming. I think we've got a way to go and we've got to do some reprogramming when it comes to, you know, removing the comparisons and the competition and making it like, no, we're in this together. We're here to have a good time. I love the analogy of a party. Marcus, comparison is the thief of joy. So if Dude, you're trying yeah. <laughs> to buy joy, add a comparison, like they're at two, two different ends of the scale. You yeah. can't have joy and comparison at the same time. Something that really interests me um, about some of the content that you released or a very particular post that you released, hoping to read a bit more about this in your book when it comes out, is that you've mentioned that strength training is something that can really help to prevent injuries while running and while participating in other things. But what advice would you give to someone who might go, okay, like, I know that I really like running. I really want to participate in these things. I really want to have a good time. I know that strength training is going to be beneficial for resilience to injury and all this kind of stuff. But I, mm -hmm. I just, Strength training and lifting weights just sucks. I don't know how to get behind that. Like, <laughs> what, what advice would you give someone in that position? Man? It does suck, but you can have fun <laughs> doing it, right? Um, the thing that I always tell people is that you can either spend time in the gym um, or at home strength training, or you can spend time in a doctor's office and uh, be in that physical therapy. Because you have uh, to think about running. It is a very repetitive um activity you know we have a higher rate of like overuse injuries or repetitive use injuries and that's because um even though we're doing this thing over and over again you know we still need those uh, accessory muscles to keep us moving so if you got dead butt syndrome but you're still running yeah like you're going to end up with achilles tendonitis or uh, plantar fasciitis and you're just going to continue to treat the 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 problem, but not the whole solution. So that's the first thing. In order to be a well-rounded athlete and to be a well-rounded runner, you have to add some type of strength training in there. Like there's no way around to get around that. So that's the first thing I, I, I tell them. And then the second thing I tell them is that, you know, um, after I tell them like either time in a gym or time in a doctor's office and physical therapy office, if that don't get them. And then the second thing is, um, well, what about it you don't like? Is it the, the gym? Like, is it the actual situation? Is it the scenario? Is it the gym bros? Like, like what about the gym you don't like? What about strength training you don't like? You know, you know you can do some at-home bodyweight stuff. You know, try to provide some type of solutions for those individuals. But the, the main thing is that there's no way around getting around being... <laughs> There's no way of getting around um, strength training and you want to be a runner. It's funny you should say like 
make reference to the environment like what is it that you don't like about strength training i love mm. that question because like, i worked in commercial gyms for like 10 years and even as someone who worked in that environment right now i do not want to be back there i don't want to be in commercial gyms it's not like i think that they're a bad place it's just that mm. I, I worked there for too long um i find them kind of off-putting now and i'd much rather train at home so I've set up all these uh, different, very minimalistic, but effective kind of approaches to be able to train at home. So I think that's a really important thing that you mentioned, like actually having a think about what is it about strength training that you don't like? Because it's if it's the environment, if it's the gym, then we can do something about that. Right. And that's the thing. If, if it's the exercises, we can we can have modifications for that. Yeah. If it's just you're at home and you don't have the time, we can find time for that, right? Um, the thing I always ask people is that, do you watch TV? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. Um, during a 30 minute, uh, TV show, it's actually only 18 minutes of content, which means you got 12 minutes commercials. Guess what you can be doing in those 12 minutes commercials. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, man. <laughs> yeah. So aside from strength training, what else can we do to make sure that the process of training for and completing a marathon is something that happens in a way that is again like a good experience and is injury free and turns out to be a win rather than just something that ends up falling on its ass because it's a goal that speaks to a lot of people i'm working with like even two of my clients right now are, are, are chipping away at the training and conditioning necessary to to run a marathon, I would love to know what advice you would give to someone on a like a practical level and a mindset level to make the process of preparing for an event like that successful. Absolutely. So uh, in my book, Slow Your Run Club, I have a whole chapter just on mindset, right? Nice. Um, I, I think that's the first thing is understanding that our mind and running is, is one in one. What I tell people is I can teach you any and everything about running. Like anybody can go learn form. Anybody can go learn technique. You can go pick up a training plan and go do that. It may not be the best training plan, but anybody can do that. But the muscle in between your ears is something that we all have to work on. Right. And really understanding what is it about us? What makes our, what makes us tick? You know, what is, how are ways that we um, overcome adversity um, whenever we are, doing the particular thing that we're doing, right? So I think that's the first thing is understanding and priming people to let them know that, hey, adversity will be coming. Um, how do you how do you do it, right? How do you uh, approach it? How do you accomplish it? Um, and then the other thing, letting people know that, hey, doing hard things gives you the license to do even harder things. So you can't avoid hard work because if you avoid hard work, you can't even you can't do harder work to make you better. Um, mm. The other things, you know, um, something I always tell people, you know, yes, you got to have strength training, but you also got to have recovery. Recovery matters. Right. Um, let me see. There is a coach that says, like, recovery is not an avoidance of exercise or avoidance of training. It's part of training. So yeah. you have to bake recovery right into the running. Most beginner runners or people who just start running, they're like, oh, I need to run every day. 
Like that's what makes him runner. Like all the professional athletes is running every day. I got to do that as well. And it's like, no, you don't have to. You need to give your body time to heal. You need to let those micro tears and those muscles um, be able to heal up so you can have stronger muscles, right? Uh, I think that's one of the things that a lot of people uh, tend to neglect is the recovery part. Um, and that means a lot of things, right? That's active recovery. That's passive recovery. That's finding tools and things that help you with your mindset, like a mindset recovery. Because when, once you are in a huge, uh, a hard training block, your mind starts to wonder and wear and things of that sort as well. And now you got to you gotta work on that. So um, that's, that's the other thing you got to do. And another thing, though, I would say the last thing is thinking about your goals, right? You know, what habits are you, um, what habits are you, are you performing that's going to make sure that you stay on top of your goals um, all the way throughout the journey? So mm. um, that, that that's the last thing, right? What do you value? What goals do you have? And what habits is going to help you uh, reach your goals so that you're going in the right direction or your values? Mindset recovery, the way that you describe that, I think it's something that's not spoken about like nearly enough because exactly what you said, when you're in the middle of a hard training block and you come up against a few obstacles, your mind is going to start thinking like, oh, fuck, man, like, why am I doing this? Like, why am mm -hmm. I here? Like, your mind is going to start questioning things. Can you tell us a little bit more about your approach to mental recovery, to making sure that throughout the process of doing something difficult, you stay engaged mentally without burning out on a like a mental and emotional level and just ending up talking yourself out of it? Absolutely. The first thing is this. Not everything you think is real and not everything you feel is real. You know, you have to be able to separate your thoughts and your feelings away from yourself as if you're looking in the mirror. You can look at that and say, yeah, that's a reflection of me, but that's not actually me in that mirror. The same thing is with these thoughts and thoughts and emotions, right? Is that those things are not true. Those things are not true of you. So you can separate those things from fact. Um, the second thing is, you know, once you understand that is, you know, what are other things a part of life that brings you joy and fulfillment uh, other than running? start participating in those things so is it reading a book cool is it uh, going bike riding is it swimming is it playing video games you have to be able to participate in some other activity other than running because if not like your body and your mind like you're just going to continue to focus on this thing it becomes you then becomes um just engulfed into like all of this stuff and now once it's all said and done, now you just feel emptiness because there's nothing left, left for you. So you have to be participating in some type of other uh, other hobby. Like I said, reading, writing, journaling, um, playing video games, something else that also is going to bring you joy and fulfillment. And then the last thing is talking to a therapist, you know, bringing a therapist or a third party into this uh, the situation might also be helpful. Um, just on the fact that when you're going through these hard training blocks, it's going to bring up a lot of emotions, feelings uh, that you probably have any, uh, haven't even processed or like, as I like to say, skeletons in the closet. Yeah. So, you know, you run in your mind is running free. Next thing you know, you know, uh, your mind starts to reflect on some past trauma that you've had that you really haven't even addressed. And now like that's wearing on you as well. So that's where also getting some help, some mental help and seeing the professional as well. What's the most impactful thing you've taken from your journey with running 
into life outside of running because so much of this stuff, right? It translates so well from so training <laughs> into life outside of training. <laughs> that's the thing about running. Running is an allegory for life, man. Like you're going to have tough times. You're going to have hurdles. You're going to have obstacles along the way. And there's going to be times where you want to stop, uh, but you got to keep going. And I think everything that I've done in life, even when it comes to business, um, it all comes down to the fact that um, I've done something harder in running. So that's something I always just compare like, oh, man, like I'm going to do this thing. Man, you know what? I did something harder than that. So I know I can do this. Right. And then I kind of just trick myself into doing it like, well, you know, you ran Big Sur Marathon, man. Big Sur Marathon is, you know. A elevation of 18,000 uh, 18, feet up on this hill, you running, like you did that. You can do something else harder than that, right? So, and that's where the whole motion or the mindset of for myself is you got to do harder, you got to do hard things because hard things lead to even doing harder things. Um, so that's that's how running um, helps me and, and just my everyday life. Mm. What you mentioned before as well about doing hard things opening the door for harder things. Mm. How often do you run into people or talk to people or have people ask you advice that are trying to do the hardest fucking thing without doing <laughs> the hard thing? <laughs> All the time. <laughs> so it's important to do the hard thing, <laughs> then the harder thing, and mm. then the hardest thing, right? Exactly. You know, it's all about momentum. You have to be able to um, just build um, those things up. So like one hard thing on top of another hard thing on top of another hard thing gives you that momentum to do even harder things, right? Versus being like, well, I'm going to sit on this couch. It's almost like, like I said, trying to run a marathon. Well, I'm going to sit on this couch for two and a half years. And then you'll be like, you know what? I'm going to go run a marathon next week. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> sir, ma'am, like, <laughs> what you mean? You're going to go run a marathon next week. Your ass been sitting on the couch for two weeks. That's not how that works. Like, so I think that's just the same thing with just uh, other things in life, right? Like you sit there and you're like, oh, I'm going to do this. And it's like, yo, that's going to be very hard. Like very, very hard. But if you would uh build up, did some harder, like some less harder things and then build up, like you'll be good to go. Cool. And what advice would you give to anyone who's out there right now, currently staring down the barrel of some pretty big obstacles, wanting to take action, but feeling a bit scared, feeling a bit um, apprehensive? Do it afraid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> uh I wish I can give you flowery words, but my thing is you, you got to do it afraid. You got to go and you got to have that pit in your stomach and you just got to go through it. Right. There's so many times in my life where I, I've just done things afraid. And one of the things you understand is that um, the thought of actually doing the thing is way worse than actually doing the thing. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> it always just makes me think of like being a teenager trying to like, ask a girl out or something like that just yeah. being fucking terrified and be terrified <laughs> and then you know the thing is like the worst they're gonna say is no and the thing <laughs> is like then you got your answer like the answer was the same before you even asked so like you might as well go ask dude i'm wondering if there's any like final messages you'd like to leave 
everyone with today before we wrap up? Yeah, you know, I, I guess the thing is that we all can be athletes in our own uh, our own right, in our own world. So go out and do that. You can do it. Be sure to check out my book, Slow Up Run Club, The Ultimate Guide for Anybody Who Wants to Run. Yes. Uh, it's available wherever books are sold. However, if you would like an autographed copy, uh, we're doing, um, the, there's only one place in the whole wide world that you can get an autographed copy. So if you go to shop, uh, I think it's called pocketbooksshop.com um, and search for the book there. Every book that's purchased by Pocketbooks, uh, I will go to their store and sign them all before they mail them out. Dude, awesome. I'll make sure that there are links in the episode description. And as well, you've just finished recording the audiobook as well. So it's you reading the audiobook. Yes, absolutely. It was a trip. Three days in a uh, a sound dungeon, as I like to call it, recording, <laughs> uh, recording a book. It was hard. It was fun. Um, and I learned a lot about myself as well as my writing, man. Like, I would say... The thing that you learn or understand about like uh, audio recording of your own book is that there's two types of, you have two voices going on. So you have the voice in your head, like when you read to yourself, but sometimes the voice in your head that you read to yourself, is not the same voice that comes out your mouth. So, <laughs> so. Tell, tell me more about that. I'm really curious, dude. I want to know more. Because like, I don't know about you, but I, I read books sometimes and I just add words in like as I'm reading it, like to make it more interesting for myself. And like sometimes like those words are not even the words or nowhere near the words that's on the paper. And, <laughs> you know, there was multiple times during the, the audiobook recovery recording. There was like, Martin, this is, that's not what it says. I'm like, well, that's what it says to me now. <laughs> uh, dude. So were those... So for anyone who buys the audiobook, were those improvised bits? Did you do those bits again? Or is the audiobook slightly different? There is some improvisation there. Awesome. Okay. So yes. this is why, like, get the the paperback, like the, the written book, and you'll get a different experience yes. with the audiobook. Like you'll get different stuff. You'll get some different stuff. You'll you'll get a whole <laughs> different freestyle. So sometimes I, I was like, I was like, yo, I like this better. And they'll just be like, okay. That's brilliant, man. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you heaps, dude. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. Any of the links or resources that we talked about, like how to reach out or get in touch with Martinez via the Slow AF Run Club, you'll find in the episode description. And if you'd like to reach out to me, you'll also find a link to my Instagram page, also in the episode description. So thanks again for joining us. My name's Marcus Kane, and I'll be back with another episode of Strong Not Starving next week.